You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Ball Nets Podcast. So we are back. The Nets played their first regular season game last night, and uh, we are here to talk all about it. But before we get into that, let's get to the intro. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. We live-tweeted the game last night, and we plan on doing that for all the ones that we can get to. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can look us up at HoopBallNets or BrooklynNets. Either way, we come up, press that subscribe button, scroll all the way down, leave a five-star rating and review. It takes you like 30 seconds, but it does us a world of good. So please make sure y'all do that for us. Um, Shout out to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other HoopBall podcast. They are our title sponsor, and you can check their website out at HawaiianIsles.com, on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, or on Twitter at High Kona Coffee. That's Kona with a K, so it's H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee on Twitter. Make sure to leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast. Our views are getting read on the podcast, so make sure you go do that. And now, yeah, with that being said, let's get into it. So, yes, the Nets have played, and unfortunately, the Nets did lose. But before we get into that, Hunter, let me just ask you, what was your favorite game outside of the Nets last night? So, my favorite game was actually the first one of the season. I watched it in its entirety because I was excited to see the young Pelicans play and the Kawhi-less Raptors, and it was a very exciting game. It went to OT, and... Siakam, in particular, proved to me that he can take the lead role, and I see him averaging 23 to 24 points a game. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually hit 25 a game this year. That's 
<laughs> that's a little much, but nah. I, Who else is going to take all of the shots on that team? I believe. I mean, I think they're going to, I think he's going to take a majority of the shots, but I don't think the Raptors are going to score a ton. I think he's probably going to take like, what, maybe 18, 19 a game. Kyle Lowry's going to get his 15 up. Martin Other than him, I was also impressed with Brandon Ingram's leap. I mean, I think the Pelicans would have won if they had Zion. Yes. They would have destroyed Brandon the Brandon Ingram seems like a bit more polished than he was with the Lakers. Yeah. And I have a better opportunity with the Pelicans. I mean, I still think the Pelicans are going to be one of the more exciting teams, even when Zion, especially when Zion gets back. Um, it was good to see, like, Lonzo back out there. Josh Hart had a double-double. Like, they're such a, like, ragtag team of players that I just want to see how they do it. They're so young with so much potential. But if we're going to focus in on Pascal Siakam, um, Hoot Balls, Mike Pasador, did write an article on Pascal Siakam and the Raptors. It is called Pascal Siakam Era Begins with... A big bet on an unknown ceiling where he explores the still untapped upside of Toronto's blossoming young star. Check out all of our team coverage articles by clicking on the team coverage link at hoopball.com. And if you're somebody that's looking to break into the industry from a journalistic standpoint, you're not going to get many chances like this to join a growing platform and get a foot in the door. Um, Hunter and I did that exact same thing. We had no journalistic experience before coming to Hootball, and now they've given us this platform to talk about a team that we love. So um, if you want to be just like us and everyone else writing for Hootball, let us know by shooting an email to teamhootball at gmail.com. Woo! So with that out of the way, we did tweet out asking for listener questions, and we got three questions. Well, one, I guess like kind of one and a half, maybe one serious one, one kind of serious one, and then a joking one. Uh, we'll start with the super serious one from Steven Vitovich. He asked, what should we expect from Spencer Dinwiddie this season after last night's dud? Was it an off game or should we expect more performances like this one from the former CU Buffalo? Now, when looking at Spencer Dinwiddie's stats, you don't like I don't think it was that much of a dud. He 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 put up 14 points on 6 of 13 from the field. He was 1 of 3 from the three-point line. The big thing that stands out to me is the turnovers. Um I mean, he also did only play 18 minutes though. And last because he was in foul trouble if you see he had four fouls. He had four fouls and Usually when Spencer Dinwiddie's in, Kyrie isn't going to be in. But it was obviously hard to take Kyrie off the court last night when he's cooking. So uh, Spencer had a smaller role than usual. I don't think he's going to commit five turnovers per game, to be completely honest. He's never averaged more than 2.2 in an entire season. And I think it was just rust, his first game. A lot of those turnovers came trying to throw lobs to Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan off the pick and roll. That See? What, the only issue I have is that Lavert also had five turnovers. So the two of them will need to not do that if the Nets want to win games. Because that was our big issue in the preseason last year. Is Lavert capable of handling the ball enough that he won't turn it over? Is Dinwiddie good enough to not turn it over? And they proved in the season last year that they were. But... Hopefully it is just rust and not a sign of sloppy play. 
that that's why I think that the Nets lost. We'll get to that more later, but if we're saying it now, I think that's why the Nets lost. Like just pure sloppiness in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter in overtime. But to answer the question, do we think Spencer Dinwiddie's gonna continue to have a dud? I don't think so. Um, he averaged 28.1 minutes per game last season, and he, obviously that's not going to stay the same this season, but I think he's at least a lock for 25. And- I will say from the two days of NBA action that we've seen, I do think he will not win sixth man of the year. Okay, now I think that it's very tough to say that in two games. One game from a lot of teams, including the Nets. Right now, Lou Will would probably be sixth man of the year because the Clippers look absolutely unstoppable. You are forgetting about a nice, nice, uh, what resurgence story. I mean, we're talking about uh, Mr. Derek, uh, Derek Rose. Derek Rose is averaging over 20 points in the two games they've played with efficient numbers. And if his health holds up, he is a candidate that I did not expect that has shown that he will he will score quite a bit for the Pistons. I mean, yeah, he I think he'll be in the conversation. I don't think he'll be one of the what four people nominated at the end of the year. I think that Spencer Dinwiddie had one off game and I think it's two oh, I don't I even think, think it was an off be game. Better. I think it'll definitely be better, but I also think Kyrie's going to play a lot. So, during the games that Kyrie plays, Dinwiddie will more than likely have worse performances. But being that Kyrie will probably miss 10-plus games, in those games, Dinwiddie's probably going to go off. And Dinwiddie's going to have games where he puts up 25, even with Kyrie playing. It depends if Atkinson will allow them to share the court. I mean, he can put up 25 and off the bench. If Kyrie plays 33 minutes and Dinwiddie plays 19, he will not. He's not playing 19 minutes per game. He's going to play at least 22 to 25 minutes per game every night. That's what I'm saying. If he allows them to share the court, then I think he can. You're right. Yeah, I I still think Kyrie and Dinwiddie play together. Now, if Lou, if the Clippers win like sixty-five games and Lou Will is averaging eighteen points per game, then there's no shot that anyone else is winning it. But if the Clippers are just like a regular fifty-win, fifty-five-win team, I think that's when to do what he has a shot. But to answer the question flat out, I think he'll be much better than he was tonight. On to our, I think, I think the like scoring will be about the same, but I think the turnovers will go down. And the assists will probably go up. Yeah, his is, he'll have more than two assists. He'll, but like six I said, of thirteen is a pretty like reasonable shooting percentage of what you can expect from him. And a lot of Spencer Dinwiddie's production at times comes from the free throw line. He only had two attempts this game, and now I don't want to say a lot, but a good like he he he's in he shoots an above average amount of free throws. Last year he shot five point two. And only 35 players in the league shot more than five last year. So he, he's going to get to the line more, and he's going to have better games. He's, better days are ahead for Spencer Dinwiddie. The next question comes from Dan. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Bees Bryce. Um, it says, he asked, will Kyrie average 50 this year? Uh, no. 
But I could honestly see Kyrie putting up 30. And I think he could win the scoring title, if we're being completely honest. I also think he's a dark horse MVP candidate, because we didn't talk about that on our MVP, uh, like when we were predicting the MVP and the most improved player of the season preview. Low-key, Kyrie could be MVP this year. If the Nets win like 40, so, 45 games. I believe that he will compete for the scoring title. That can be true. I could see him averaging 27, 28, but it's going to be tough for him to beat Steph, given Steph's situation, to beat Giannis, given Giannis's situation, and Harden being the scorer that he is. All three of them are 30-point candidates. I don't quite think Kyrie averages 30. I see more 27, 28, but I think he'll probably be top five. I don't think West. I don't think Harden averages 30 with Westbrook. I don't know. Maybe previously when it was just him handling the ball 90% of the time, but nah, not anymore. Not with Westbrook. Not unless Westbrook goes down for a significant amount of time. I don't but, know. Based on game one, it seems that the usage is all them. The two of them will always have the ball. I mean, Harden played like garbage in their first game, but he'll I mean, obviously both be Both of them shot bad, and they lost by six to the best team in the East. Uh, the Sixers are the best team in the East, my man. <sighs> the Sixers' <laughs> best player on their bench is Jonah Bolden. Okay, their starting lineup, it doesn't matter. Their starting lineup is going to body half no, the team. Realistically, their best player on the bench is probably James Ennis, which is still not good. But I mean that's they're, that's they're, the problem with their roster. They can compete with anybody. Their bench is probably bottom five. That's and it's that's the problem them. with their roster. We talked about this during the playoffs. Men can run circles on them. We talked about this during the playoffs. That is the problem with their roster. But I still think they'll be fine. But obviously, I think that Kyrie will not average fifty. And I was just joking, obviously. Oh, but um. In terms of the MVP candidate, I believe his numbers will be there for it, but you already know the narrative. What's the narrative? Unless you're a top three, three seed, seed. Yeah. or... or You average a triple-double? <laughs> yes, or have an insane historic stat line. You're not going to win MVP. Him winning 45 games and them being the sixth seed in a weak Eastern Conference... The narrative's not going to be there, unfortunately. Okay, but let's say the Nets are the four seed, and he's averaging even, twenty-eight. Even so. He's averaging twenty-eight, six and five. Okay, I could but see say him they're the four MVP. seed and averaging twenty-eight, six and five. The Bucks are the two seed. Giannis averages 30, 12, and six. They can't. They can't do it. They're not going to do it. But I just think that it's like the coming, the coming home story, being without KD. I think he has a good, like, a good narrative. One that does not follow the Nets. I think it is because all over the, all over Twitter last last night, people were tweeting, "Kyrie's home." Oh my God, he dropped fifty. He's he was where he needs to be. Rachel Nichols, obviously, it's a fifty-point game in a debut. Anytime that happens, it's going to be publicity Rachel Nichols did a whole segment this morning on the jump about how Kyrie's in the right place now and it's unlike any other team he's been on like like it's a big story the best spot for his career he's gonna have the best season of his career he's probably gonna average 27 28 MVP it will be a tough award for him to get 
I mean, I'm not saying he's going to win it, but I think he'll be in like the top five candidates to win it. Yeah, I could see top five in scoring title and MVP. I just don't think that he will win either one, but I think he's going to have an amazing season. And uh, I was playing earlier. Shout out to my man, Dan Bespris, one of the kings at HoopBall. Speaking of HoopBall, um, their, our full season membership called Game Time Premium is for sale now. You get access to six live video Q&A shows every single week where HoopBall's best analysts answer questions specific to your team, your fantasy team, that is. You can jo- enjoy premium articles and tools like a streaming grid, a weekly schedule, projections, dynasty info, betting and DFS selections, and much more. All you have to do is head to Hoop dashball.com and click on the premium tab in the top navigation bar make sure to use the coupon code doc that's d-o-c doc when checking out to save 350 and our last question oh, is from- this, this was great <laughs> i very much enjoyed this question our last question because you're a hater our last question is from benjamin shavar uh he simply asks <laughs> he doesn't even ask he just says Kyrie is a loser true or false question mark um, I think that that is complete blasphemy to say to any fan of the Nets right now, after my man just dropped one of the most historic debut games in NBA history, 50 bomb, Kyrie is anything but a loser, Benjamin. So I don't want to hear it. Look, I also say false. The Celtics fan in me would love to say true, being how much he ruined our hopes and dreams and crushed the franchise but <laughs> he did not crush your franchise oh he absolutely did he absolutely did you <laughs> no, cannot sit there no he didn't you're gonna return no he didn't danny ainge he, not trading he's part of a toxic situation danny ainge not trading jalen brown for anthony davis is what tanked your franchise sell your team you you can't do it danny ainge not trading jalen brown for Anthony Davis is what tanked your franchise, buddy. That was not a real thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't. Jason Tatum was real. Just like uh, it wasn't wasn't real. You could have also traded for Kawhi Leonard, but That's no. No. He wanted to keep Jalen Brown. You saw the package that you gave up for AD. Would they have done Jalen Brown straight up for AD? I mean, like, what? considering. What did the Spurs give up? They gave up DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi. Like I don't think I'm not it. about for AD. I'm not talking about for Kawhi. So, but no, 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 no. But so you, you, you think it was a good idea to not give up Jalen Brown for Kawhi? Obviously not. Okay, so I don't think it's Kyrie's fault that your franchise sucks now. Well, we we actually don't suck. We're a top four seed in the East. Oh, uh, we'll you're not. You're not better than the Nets. Fifty plus wins. But regardless of that statement. Um, he said he would come back, didn't come back. Loser? No, that's kind of harsh. He he won a chip. He's going to average 28 a game. No one that does that can be a loser. And him going to the Nets kind of brought some some respect, in a sense. It was much better that he goes there than rejoins LeBron with the Lakers. That would have absolutely tanked his reputation to me. I don't so think I'm very it happy he didn't do that. I don't see you're trying to bait me right now, but I'm not gonna have it. Um, speaking of Kyrie's opening speech in Boston, um, 
his opening speech in the Barclays, he uh, broke down into tears. I don't know why he was talking. I, I don't know. I'm not saying I don't know why he broke down into tears. I'm saying that I don't know why, but it felt different because the opening, his opening speech in Boston was kind of just like, oh, yeah, we're going to win the chip. It's the thing that the, that Kawhi did with the Clippers, essentially. Hey, hey. <laughs> that meme. Um, no, it, it's it. In Boston, it was kind of just like, yeah, um, I'd love to be back if you guys would have me. But, you know, that obviously didn't work out. In Brooklyn, he broke down into tears. He was saying, like, he's finally home. It's just hitting him. I don't know. It like, For me, I feel like this is the first time that Kyrie got to pick the team. Like, he picked the team and the team didn't pick him, you know? Cause, yes, like obviously. That's what free agency is. Yeah, but like it means more because he came home. Like when he was with the Cavs, obviously he didn't get to pick the Cavs. They were trash, so they drafted him first. With the Celtics, he didn't get to pick the Celtics. Y'all just traded for him. He there was no connection between him and the Celtics. But like here, he's meant to be here. And that's why I feel like his reputation of being a locker room cancer is gonna die with the Nets. Yes, I mean it's not even that he's a locker room cancer. It's more that that there was just such a disconnect between him and the team, and it seemed like there was no effort to repair it. But I, I do think it'll be different here because he helped build the team with his friends, with KD, with Garrett Temple, DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan, his wow. friends, people that he, he'll enjoy playing with. And the Nets culture is already different. So, And he already said he wants to end his career here. So it's like, at this point, where else are you going to go? Like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that, that I, I will believe his word until he ends his career there. But it's nice that he said it. His word means nothing until he does it. I think you're a little harsh on my man because he's personally broken your heart. <laughs> but. No, it, he... He said he's re-signing and then didn't. So, obviously, he is not a person who holds to his word. Okay. He said he's re-signing and didn't. And then the Celtics didn't really do much to keep him there. If we're really going to talk about it. I mean, What would we have done? Uh, show him some... Like, trade for AD. Trade for somebody. It's just him, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. And Al Horford, I guess. Al Horford. Like, you literally wanted him to carry you when you had every chance to trade for every all-star that was on the market, and you refused to. So you're saying he's not fit to be a number one option? I mean, he's the number one option right now. I, you, oh, can, but, you can be a number one option. And st- number one option. I'm saying that your number two and three options weren't good enough. Al Horford isn't a good number two or three option? No, he's not. In an offense? No, he's definitely not. And Jason Tatum dang sure isn't. Jalen Brown not most yet. definitely isn't. Not yet. He will be. Okay, but Kyrie and Al Horford, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum is not beating anyone in the East, as you've seen. Any of the nice teams in the East. Yeah, you said anyone. We were the third best team in the East. And it didn't do anything for him. But... On to the actual Nets game. The Nets lose in OT to the Timberwolves, 127 to 126. This is a game that they should have won by far. Um, if Let's recap it real quick. So we can start with the box score. The Timberwolves, it was basically Cat and Wiggins versus everybody else. No, 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 no. Who else? Robert Covington, that's you about it. You cannot give any credit to Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, he's garbage, but in, he, he is absolute garbage. 
but in OT, he was carrying. He, he hit like three straight layups. Below minus twenty six. I saw something today that was like you like that's very hard to do in an overtime game. <laughs> like it's very hard to have a minus twenty six in a game that goes to OT and you lose and you win by one. And the person who subs in for him frequently, Josh Okogi, in fourteen minutes, had a plus twenty two. Andrew Wiggins literally had 21 points, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. And he, zero threes made on four attempts. He's bad. He's bad. He is bad. That's why I said all you can say is it was cat. That's okay. it. Yeah, but he still put up 21. I mean, 21 no, on 27 no, shots no. is horrific. But but yes, it cat. cat destroyed them. He put up 36 on 11 of 22 shots. The man hit seven for 11 threes. He oh, hit seven threes. Seven. Seven of eight from the free throw line. 14 rebounds, three assists, three blocks, three steals. So he had 36 he and 14. He was a monster. Absolutely unstoppable this game. Uh, Jeff Teague, 14 points, five of eight from the field. He didn't really do much else. Four assists. Like we said, Wiggins, 21 on 27 shots. Robert Former Covington. Nets, Napier and uh, Trevion. Uh, a revenge Grant. game. <laughs> they combined on uh, for 14 points on five of 20 shooting, 0 of 9 from three. <laughs> yeah. With seven rebounds and 11 assists. Yeah, a real revenge game from Shabazz and Trevion Graham. They were probably... Well, no, Trevion wasn't that bad, but Shabazz might have been the worst player on their team. I mean, they have Jordan Bell? They didn't even yes. play him. But yeah, Shabazz was really bad. I, he He's not too good, to be completely honest, but he was bad tonight, even worse than he normally is. I believe it was a mistake for the Wolves to let Tyus Jones go to the Grizzlies, but... Yeah, I mean, Tyus Jones could have been... He should have been their next point guard after Jeff T. Because Tyus Jones honestly might be better than Jeff T. right now. And Tyus Jones is going to do quite well behind inexperienced John Morant. So. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have a good season with the Grizzlies. But yeah, Robert Covington, thirty two minutes, fifteen points, six of eleven shooting, three of six from the field, nine rebounds, and uh, two turnovers. If oh. if the Timberwolves are out of playoff contention. Like, or if they start falling out of it, do you think they wind up trading Covington to a contender that wants him? Uh, Robert Covington, I don't think he gets as much credit as he should. He's a very, like, consistent, what, does what he does and does it well NBA player. Um, yeah, he's a 3 and D wing. He's, he's efficient from the three, and he guards the best wing usually. I think that yeah, I don't know what the how the Wolves value him, so I don't know what it would take to get him. If it if we're talking about a contender, like for example, if the Rockets realize that they want a shooter next to Westbrook and Harden, what would you give up though? Because uh, there you there's no point in giving him Eric Gordon. There's no point in giving him Clint Capella or. If- a couple bench players, a couple picks, and hope that it would be enough. Like a first and a second rounder, and one of the one a rookie. Like, I mean, it depends on how they, like they give value. Or what? 
I mean, it depends on how they value him. Like, if if the Wolves, yeah. if they want picks, then then I think it would work for them. See, the problem with that is I think the Wolves think that they're not far from contention. So I think that they would hold on to Robert Covington because they think they're closer to the playoffs than they actually are. So I think sure. that they would value him higher than they should because there's no shot they're making the playoffs in the West for maybe the next three or four years. As long as their team is what it is now, there's no way. Unless they get someone better than Andrew Wiggins to back up Cat, there's no shot they make the playoffs. But I don't think that they think that considering they gave Andrew Wiggins a max. <laughs> so there's no way that I think they give up Robert Covington for the low. Moving on to the Nets, um, obviously we know Kyrie and Monster Game, the highest by any player in their debut with a team in this century. He had 50 points on 17 of 33 shots. He shot over 50% from the field, 7 of 14 from 3, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, and no turnovers. So he had 58 and 7 with not a single turnover. And he almost won the game on a street ball move. Almost won the game on some and one mixtape, drop on the ground, pick back up. He got a clean look, a clean it was a look. wide open shot, like... Yes, I don't blame him for missing because he scored 50. Obviously, you're not going to make every shot. You can't put the blame on him. But that was... If, that you, was give him, if you give him that shot nine times out of ten, he's making saw, it. If I, like, without showing me the basket, if I saw Kyrie take that shot, I would have guessed that it went in. Yeah, like nine times out of ten, Kyrie's cashing that. But unfortunately, he missed the game winner. Uh, we shouldn't even have been in overtime if Jared Allen would have hit a free throw, but we'll get to that later. Karis LeVert, um, 37 minutes, 20 points, 9 of 19 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 1 of 4 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 turnovers, 3 steals. Um, him and Kyrie accounted for 70 of the team's 126 points, so there's well, that. It was it was more of just the starters. Yeah. The starters overall had 105 of their 126 the bench was almost non-existent other than Dinwiddie the remaining bench players had seven yeah and that that just can't happen when the Nets are supposed to be known for their depth and uh Mr. Prince our breakout player uh he he had zero at halftime for the record so I would say his stat line is impressive given his performance in the first half yeah he played a team high 41 minutes he had 15 points started with power forward six of 13 from the field two of five from three 11 rebounds two assists two steals and a block it was it was a good game from him considering he did have zero team high plus 19 yep Torian Prince a monster yet again Joe Harris he was slow to begin with two but he played as you'd expect efficiency old reliable 14 points, 5 of 9 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, uh, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 turnovers. And, uh, yeah, other than that, everyone else is really bad off the bench. Okay, so, so Jared Allen, he scored 6 points on 50% shooting, right? 9 rebounds, solid. It is what it is. He blocked 5 shots. One of them was on Cat. He blocked Wiggins. Overall, it was 
not a bad game by any means. He had more sh- blocks alone than the Timberwolves had as a team. But the fact that he let Towns hit seven threes is a perimeter defense issue that they'll need to work on. I believe they can fix it over time. And my only other issue is that he went 0-4 from the free throw line and could not make one to prevent the game from going to overtime. Yeah, see, and so Jared Allen played 36 minutes in this game. Which is, it's a good sign that he let him play that much. That's way more than he played last season, 36 minutes. DeAndre Jordan only played 16, and I think it's because, one, Kenny Atkinson felt like Jared Allen was better equipped to guard Cat. And two, when a guy has five blocks, you don't just take him out for DeAndre Jordan, who had zero in this game. So I think he was riding the hot hand. I don't think the men is going to be this lopsided every game of the yeah, season. Yeah, I personally believe when they're playing a big, like, uh, Drummond, like someone who can't shoot, they're more likely going to split minutes. DeAndre will probably get like 25 on those nights. Like when they play the Rockets or something like that, I believe they'll split. But when they play someone like Jokic or Embiid, that's when Allen's probably going to get more because DeAndre is getting older, lacking lateral quickness, and Jared Allen's more aggressive. So he's going to get more of those minutes. I completely agree. Um, also, Rodion's Kuruks only played seven minutes, so I would I'm like to see... I'm unhappy with that. Yeah, I would like to I'm... see more out of him. If you're playing Nwaba and Temple 30 minutes combined, Kuruks should see more than seven minutes. Yeah, I, I want to see more than seven minutes out of Kuruks, but once again, I think Kenny Atkinson is testing out lineups, testing out different people playing with different people, and he'll get he'll get it going. We'll develop a consistent lineup as we continue to get more comfortable with the team heading into the season. My my main issue is that they're known for their depth, and against like a lackluster team, their bench got slaughtered. Yeah, see, their bench was awful. So the the. The Wolves' bench had 32 bench points, and the Nets only had 21. And, and the that Wolves can't bench points were spread out. It was balanced. The Nets was all Dinwiddie, except for four from Temple, two from Jordan, and one from Enwaba. The The Wolves was, was pretty balanced overall. Yeah, they they that's what I'm saying. Like, if one of your strengths is gonna be the amount of depth that you have, and the fact that you can go ten, eleven deep on your bench, you need to make teams pay for not having that. And the Nets didn't do that this game. Um, when we're talking about team stats, they got out rebounded fifty two to forty eight, which can probably be expected most games this season, considering they're not the largest team. Um, they did get 10 offensive rebounds. They had, they got out assisted. They got, uh, out stealed. They had more blocks because Jared Allen alone had five and the Wolves only had four, but a problem yet again is turnovers. And this is annoying. It's the same problem as last preseason. And I hope it is just a sign of rust because it was t- the two problems that we always said turnovers and free throws and what did they do from the free throw line this game 57 percent on 26 attempts 
and that also can't happen. But the turnovers in specific, the turnovers specifically, I can't even speak. I'm so angry. It got me upset because at halftime, guess how many turnovers they had? Three. They had three at halftime. So in the second half, they had 13 turnovers. That's how many the Timberwolves had in the entire game. But that's funny because while they were getting those turnovers, it was part of their comeback because they were down in the first half. Exactly. So if they just wouldn't have been so sloppy, they would have blown the Timberwolves out in the second half. They would have destroyed them because the Timberwolves, they shot 30.2% from three. They were 13 of 43. In the first half alone, they were 9 of 19. That means in the second half, the Timberwolves went 4 of 24 from the three-point line. And the Nets still could not win because they were turning the ball over. That cannot happen. Especially with Kyrie accounting for zero of those turnovers. That just can't happen. And then on to the free throw issue. They shot, so the Timberwolves shot 28 free throws. They made 22 of them. The Nets shot 26 free throws. They made 15. That was 57.7%. In specific, if if you take out Allen and Levert, they're shooting 78%. Yeah, but Karis Levert went one of four. It's just that those two were not on in this game. What specifically gets me? the most upset and i i know i just said it was the turnovers but jared allen missing both free throws with five seconds to go that just can't happen five seconds left in regulation and all you Kyrie cuts down the lane passes it to jared allen he gets fouled All you have to do is make one. Now, I'm not saying that the Timberwolves couldn't have made a shot in five seconds. But if he's that nervous and can't make one free throw in the first regular season game, imagine in the playoffs. And I get it. I I know he's young. And I don't want to kill him for it because I get it. It's the first game you got jitters. Kyrie has 50. You don't want to let him down, but you've got to make one. And then Torian Prince gets the offensive rebound and misses the layup or misses the tip in. But Jared Allen, you can't. You had the chance to to lock the game up, and you've got to make those. You just have to. That can't. That's not acceptable. And so the Nets lose. The Nets lose on a night where Kyrie has 50. To the Minnesota Timberwolves. But on the bright side, Kyrie had 50. (laughs) And it was game one. And there's going to be much better days ahead. I don't think that this is code red for the Nets. We will be fine. Yeah, there's no panic. I just think they could have easily won the game. I like to see Kyrie with the 50. I like to see Karis LeVert running pick and rolls, initiating the offense more. That's great to see. I think that they need to cool it with the lobs to Jared Allen off pick and rolls because and the lobs to DeAndre Jordan off pick and rolls. Both Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert, five turnovers trying to throw lobs. That just didn't connect. 
just relax. There's no need to try and do that every time. But once they get the hang of it, especially Karras, because he's not used to initiating an offense, running pick and rolls, I think that we'll be fine. Especially because we have the Knicks up next on the schedule. Now, we play the Knicks, and uh, they're coming off a loss to the Spurs, where they kept things pretty competitive. They were winning coming into the fourth quarter. But the, the Spurs eventually pulled away, and the Knicks lost 111 to 120. Now, we are giving out Kyrie jerseys, which is absolutely perfect on a night right after he dropped 50, so that's great. And I don't think the Knicks are going to be as easy a win as people might think. Just because of their size, their starting lineup was R.J. Barrett at the 1, Alonzo Trier at the 2, Bobby Portis at the five. I don't know why I went in that order. Julius Randle at the three. Marcus Morris at the four. And like I just said, Bobby Portis at the five. Now, they didn't have Mitchell Robinson because he was injured. but And they'll probably have him back for the game against the Nets. But David Fitzdale said he's probably going to start Bobby Portis anyway. So, okay. Whatever you say, David. Um, I think that Julius Randle is going to give Karis LeVert a problem. I think that Marcus Morris might give Torian Prince a problem. But I think that Kyrie should absolutely destroy R.J. Barrett. I think that Karis LeVert, I think that Joe Harris should destroy Alonzo Trier regardless of whether he's just pulling up whatever he's okay, doing. So, so this is what I'll say. I think, I, I personally thought I think Julius Randle is their four and Marcus Morris is their three, being that Morris can play small forward. That's what I think it is. But uh, So I think Morris is going to be matched up with Lavert and Randle with Prince. But the Knicks are playing such a big lineup with RJ at the one that they actually the Nets don't actually match up that well with them. I think the Nets are going to win anyway. I think the Nets are going to win anyway because I think that Kyrie is going to destroy R.J. Barrett. Yeah, R.J. Barrett will not be able to guard Kyrie. He might give him 50 again. I don't think Joe Harris really destroys anyone, but I think he'll be able to get open with Trier guarding him. He'll be able to run off ball, get open. And then with Prince and Lavert, it's going to be tough. With the bigger Morris and Randall on them. But I think Allen can take advantage of Portis. I think that the key to this game is is good perimeter, good interior defense. I don't think the Knicks are going to kill us on the perimeter. They went 10 of 30 in their game against the Spurs. The only one they have to watch out for is Trier and Joe Harris has him. Other than that, in the starting lineup, Randall and Morris will shoot it, but they're not sharp shooters. I'm I'm, going to live with them shooting. I'd rather them shoot it than drive to the basket, especially Julius Randall. Marcus Morris, he might not. If he gets hot, he could be a problem from the perimeter. But Julius Randall, I'll live with him shooting it. Regardless, I think the Nets win. I think they win in a very convincing fashion. Prove that they're the kings of New York. And I would be willing to place a bet on it. I would say that the Nets, I don't want to say they blow them out, but I'm going to say they win in a very, very convincing fashion. And um, Yeah, I, I think that 
they're probably it may look close up until like the fourth, but I think Kyrie having more experience than everyone else on this team will probably pull away and the Nets will wind up winning by double digits. If they if we do lose though. The Knicks it's not fans. Panic time. I just think they're gonna have to work on some things and start mixing up the lineup. Maybe if we lose, Knicks fans will be unbearable. Yes, absolutely unbearable. I can hear it now. Kyrie, you should have came to the Knicks. KD, aren't you glad? I can hear it now. It's not cool to be a Nick, right? Exactly, exactly. What's not cool? It's a Knicks town. I don't want to, if we can't lose this game just because I don't want to hear Knicks fans. But yes, I would bet money that the Nets win. And if you are into betting money, um. If you're into sports betting, you can, or if you want to get into it in the near future, you need to check out mybookie.ag. Um, they're a new partner of the Hoopball Brooklyn Nets pod. MyBookieAG provides payout requests, processes within 48 hours, great bonuses on every deposit, and the industry's most rewarding loyalty program. And uh, we've got a special treat for our podcast listeners. If you go to mybookie.ag right now, and sign up with code TODAY, that's T-O-D-A-Y, TODAY. They'll match your deposit up to $1,000. So whether you deposit $20 or $1,000, they'll give you an extra $20 or $1,000. Whatever you deposit up to $1,000, they'll match it. It's free money. If you like betting on sports, go to mybookie.ag. Sign up using code T-O-D-A-Y TODAY. And uh, yeah, you'll get your deposit matched up to $1,000. And with that, this podcast is done. Um, make sure you subscribe to the Hoopball Nets podcast on Apple, iTunes, Podcast, Stitcher, Google Podcast, everywhere you listen to podcasts, we are. Subscribe, leave that five-star rating and review. We very much so appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at Hoopball Nets. It's in the little description of the podcast along with our individual Twitters. So go ahead and give us a follow. I'm at Najee Adams underscore Hunter. It's Hunter underscore JKR on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I feel like we end the podcast so dry. So what I'm going to start doing, I'm going to catch you off guard here. Every time before we end a podcast, I'm going to ask you to name an NBA player starting with the letter that I tell you. Okay. Sure. Okay, so to begin this, before we end the podcast, it can be any player, past or present. I need you to name an NBA player whose name starts with the letter F. <laughs> First person that popped in my head, Frank Nidokina. Frank Nidokina, I'll take it. With that, we'll talk to you all next time. Later. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.